Hello, y'all, and welcome to Deck Diaries. I am your host and human, Tabitha, and I'm here to take you on a little stroll through my life's diary and the raw, unedited stories from others. Real stories, real humans, real healing, and a whole lot of fuckery all from the deck. Join me and my co-host Meg and other random guests throughout the week as we learn to unfilter our lives, love ourselves a little bit more, and be better humans. To stay up to date on what's coming up on deck, follow us on Instagram at Deck Diaries and on Facebook at, you guessed it, Deck Diaries. Now, kick off your shoes, relax with me, and welcome to the deck. That boost stomping line dancing steel guitar for romance and shaking down my sugar tree. I want that drum kicking, fiddle picking, honey's looking, finger licking. Play me some nineties country. I grew up on real radio in 1992 when redheads ruled the airwaves and Aquanet was cool. Top 40s got me thinking that time is coming. Hello, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Deck Diaries. I'm your host and human, as always, Tabitha. Maggie's next to me. Hello. And tonight, uh, we have a new friend on the show. Uh, everybody welcome Monica Austin. Hello, hello, Monica, hello. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all, of all of it, all of it. Um, I... Uh, recently met Monica. Actually, I didn't even meet her. I fangirled out Mm -hmm. at the Iowa Music Awards. So Monica won Best Country Artist of the Year for Iowa. Congrats. Yes. Yes. Fuck yeah. Um, But, and you winning the award had nothing to do with why I wanted to meet you or why (laughs) I wanted you on the show. Like, not, like, uh, congratulations. It's fantastic. But... (laughs) You winning the award is not why I wanted to meet you. Right. Um, you gave, hands down, and I'm not just saying this, mm-hmm. one of the most spectacular speeches I have ever heard. Thank you. Like, Was it off the cuff, or did you kind of have what you wanted to say in mind? Or? So it was definitely not, like, written. Okay. It was definitely not planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me... It's not the first award show that I've been to, but it was the first multi-genre award show that I've been to. Okay. And it it was the first time I've been in a room with that many artists where I didn't know anybody. Okay. And so the big thing for me is that I was comparing that award show with the ones that I'd been to. And the biggest thing that stuck out in my mind is the other ones I've been to were very like, we're all going to sit in our chairs and golf clap and just, Mm. we're just waiting for our group to be up. Right. And it's always bothered me about those. I'm the only one. I'm in my sequins and my fringe on my arms and I'm dancing around. I'm the only one. Right. And everybody in that room, whether they knew each other or not, was cheering for everyone else. Mm -hmm. It was such a phenomenal feeling. There was just this 
togetherness and this this feeling that we're gonna support everybody else that right. I was just enamored with. Yeah. And I felt like, oh, I might not be in a room full of people in my genre, but I'm in a room of people like me. Right. And it felt so good. And that's what stuck in my head is that I just wanted to get up there and say like, yeah, it's an award. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I wanted to say thank you for having me be a part of that. Right. And acknowledge, like, you might not know who I am, but I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. After this, and you're you going to know. Us. Yeah, like, that was... <laughs> we knew. I was like, was, I, looked at, I looked at Megan. I'm like, I want to meet her. We, we were, like, both goosebumps all over the place. Like, what the fuck Did just we happened? just become best friends? Yeah. That's right. Shake and bake, <laughs> motherfucker. Shake and bake. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were enamored by you and yeah. your speech. Well, I appreciate sure. that. Um, so I reached out to Monica. I listened to her music, first of all. Fuck yeah, girl. Um, and I reached out to her, and we had uh, a lengthy phone conversation yeah. last week. And I wanted her to come on the show because I knew by your speech that you have a story. Oh, yeah. And by listening to your music, I could feel the heart and the soul and all of that into it. You're deep, and I, I dig that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just tell the audience who you are. Where are you from? Like, just give us the, we're on a first date. Give it to me. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why it's so hard to date. Uh-huh. Right. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> um, so even where you from uh, is kind of a, complicated thing um so i'm a foster kid okay but i didn't go into the foster care system until i was 16 years old oh, wow so my bio mom's from california my bio dad's from sherard illinois mm-hmm. so i lived i mean indiana i lived in the sticks in illinois i lived with neighbors i lived with strangers i lived with family members i mean i bounced around where were you born? all over the place alito illinois is where I was born. Were you bouncing around with mom or with dad or whoever? Just whoever would whoever. take you and mm-hmm. mom mom and dad were kind of out of yeah, the Yeah, sometimes mom, sometimes dad, sometimes somebody else. It right. just kind of depended. Um, when I was 11, uh, which is the song Mamas Don't Leave, that's a story of when I finally, like, I'm never going to see my mom again, like, was taken away from her and went to live with my dad mm-hmm. um, and his girlfriend. Um, and I was with them <laughs> until I was 16 and the state took me away. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I, I grew up in so many different types of circumstances with mm-hmm. people that lived differently, that spoke differently, that treated each other differently, right. that I just saw a lot more things than most people do by the time they're that age. Broad spectrum. Yeah. And so now, like, I graduated from Moline High School. So most of my life, I I lived in the Quad Cities area. Okay. Um, And then in 2015, I was working at a radio station in Muscatine. Mm -hmm. And I was commuting. And uh, my son and I were in a really bad car accident. I rolled my car. And I was scared to drive. I'm like, I'm not doing it. So I moved to Muscatine. uh, Then met my husband. Uh, So I've lived in Muscatine for a long time. So now that I'm like touring and doing all these things and doing podcasts and doing radio things, it's like, oh, she's from the Quad Cities. Oh, she's from Muscatine. And I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I'm from wherever. Right. You know. Um, So, yeah, I moved around a lot. Like I said, uh, eventually I, I got married and 
I already had a son when I got married. I had mm-hmm. two more sons. Mm-hmm. Three boys is enough. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Megan's got seven. I've done lots of different jobs. I've been in marketing and radio and sales and sales and more sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and this last year is the first year that I've been able to be completely full-time music. Full-time music. Yep, wow. full-time touring Paying a band, paying, you know, wow, Good running a business, you. yeah, awesome. Good yeah. for you. P.S. Side note: We didn't even address the opening song was Miss. Oh, sexy yeah. I, I guess I sexy thought that was implied. Yeah, that was sexy. You guys should see her though. That you listen to her song <laughs> and you feel like she's gonna kick the fucking door open on you, and then she comes she's in and she's this cute little, t- cute little adorable thing. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Roar! Yes. Fuck yeah! I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> like it's my no, roadhouse reference. You just seemed yeah. You yeah. seemed larger than life when on I saw stage. you on I stage. I promise that. Like, and I said that that was my first thought because I was crying like a baby when I went up there. Um, I sing a lot of fighting songs, mm-hmm. and I get flack from that sometimes. Being a female in country music, like mm-hmm. you should be singing love songs. Who's yeah. telling you that? Like People, producers, yeah, just or whatever fans, or so, I mean, I have a song about smacking a bitch in the face. Like, I mean, <laughs> it just—I got a song about my brother being in prison. Like, they're they're fighting songs, authentic songs. And so I got up there and I was like, "But I'm really sensitive." <laughs> Hold on, I have feelings. Hold me. <laughs> Let me compartmentalize real quick. And then I sucked it up and put my shoulders back and said, all right, okay. It's <laughs> Got this. Yeah. Perfect. So you ended up in foster care when you were 16? Mm-hmm. Yep, 16. And how did that, I mean? So um, I actually tried to leave home Because you were with your dad year at before. this point. Yep, yep. I had tried to leave home the year before. Um and the short story of it is that my parents beat the shit out of me. Like, yeah. that's just how things were. And I was taught what happens at home stays at home, mm. right? Um, and I had a little sister at home at that time. I have all kinds of siblings. But at the time, I had one little sister that lived at home. It's uh, nine years younger than I am. So it was very much, you know, I'd all, I'm the oldest, so I was always the protector. Mm-hmm. So it's if I leave, what's going to happen to her, right? And so the year before, I'd gotten to a place just mentally where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this, either they're going to fucking kill me or I'm going to off myself. Like it was in a terrible, terrible place. And uh, they were out at the races one day and they had my sister with them. So I was home by myself Mm -hmm. and I just walked out of the house. I just walked out. Yeah. Which was not allowed. I just walked out and I went to- Can't leave without permission ever? no. Like, I couldn't leave. Like, I had a bedroom in the basement. I wasn't allowed to leave it. Like, I wasn't allowed to eat with them. Like, it was fucked. And so I just just walked out, and I went to some random person's house and made up a story like, oh, my, you know, I need to call my mom. I don't remember what I said, but I used their phone. And at the time, there were still phone books because I'm old. (laughs) So I looked up, like, a friend from school's phone number, and I was like, hey, I need you to come get me. Mm -hmm. So they came and got me, and the plan was I was just going to fucking run away put myself in high school, stay with a friend, get a job, whatever I had to do, but I couldn't go back. And uh, they found me, and they called the cops, and they're like, oh, she's a, she ran away. She's a troubled youth, you know, whatever. And so the cops came and were like, get your ass back home. Like, what are you doing? They sent me back. 
Wow. And so did you even try to tell them about the abuse? There or? was no there was no conversation about it. Like literally I was standing was in such front a of different them. day and age. It was totally different. Yeah. It was, well, your parents said this, so right. go the fuck home. Yeah. So I went home and uh it went on for another year and uh I was changing in a locker room and a girlfriend that I had at the time, I always changed in like the bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. And um, she thought she was being funny because she thought I was just shy. Mm-hmm. And she busted open the door and I turned my back and my whole back was just bruised. Fucked. It was just yeah. bruised. And she was like, what the hell? And she went and she told a counselor and then that was the whole thing. Yeah. So they took me down to the police station and they took me to the hospital and they took pictures and they pressed charges and they, and they were like, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, I can't. They, I, I yeah, I I can't go home, and right. so it was a whole thing, and so I spent the night at a stranger's house, and and then I got matched up with a family within a couple days, and that was my family. Um, I mean, they're still my family, but that it was. I walked into a kitchen table, and there was a chubby blonde haired lady in a leopard print shirt <laughs> that was like, "Are you hungry? Are Aww. you you know whatever? Like, welcome." It was a house full of teenage girls. Yeah. From all different backgrounds. And um that just that became my family. And oh, so, so your awesome. your foster care story is of a happy one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. You had a good I experience. Had a, that's so good it to hear. Saved my life. I I mean, that was a fantastic experience. Now I I met lots of kids in the system that did not have the same story. Right. right. Um You I, hear more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Then, so that's, heartwarming to hear absolutely that. Yeah. so and you're still in contact with oh yeah that family 100 yeah. percent. yeah so you lived with them till you graduated high school yep and then uh got engaged right out of high school because i was super smart <laughs> super smart <laughs> so, we were we were too so <laughs> yeah. when uh when that we're crazily yeah when that crazily didn't work out weird you were it, like the what 0.01 yeah, percent you're gonna make it what are you talking about we're in love you know uh when that went down in flames um you know i was 20 i wasn't even 21 i'd never drank i'd never done shit like i had bought a house was working full-time going to cut co- like trying wow. to force this poor 18 year old boy to just like be a grown-up like right. i don't know why that didn't work yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> in hindsight right i'm like what the fuck uh but you know i i i love that you acknowledge that it yeah. just is I just, I it fucking is love that and so i you know was talking to a guy friend about it uh which in hindsight should have been the boy that i chose but whatever that's a whole nother tangent and he was like tell your mom like, tell your mom what's going on, you know? And I was like, I can't, you know. Like, what was going on I in had the a, marriage? Yeah, well, because, so I was engaged. We didn't get married. Um, but, she, I mean, she was against the whole thing, obviously. Like your foster My foster mom, mom yeah. Okay. So, like, when I moved out, so, like, when I, here's what's fucked about this. When, so I was, what, I was not the usual case, right, Uh for a foster kid. I was in AP classes. Mm-hmm. I was not a behavior problem. I'd never been in trouble. I was just a good, smart kid that liked choir. Like, awesome. Right. that's, I just, it's- You weren't it's, the stereotype. I wasn't the stereotype. Your yeah. story was, and, your background was and, the stereotype. Right, but. and so because of that, they were like, 
well, you're all these things. You've experienced all these things, but you don't look like you have. You don't act like you have. So you're like this little poster child, right? So I did like, like I led a group of other kids and like helped organize things and did some mentorships and did all this stuff. So when I got out of foster care, when I was 18, I could have stayed in the system and gone to any school in the state for free oh, and had wow. my housing for free. And all I had to agree to do was continue to have a social worker. Yeah. All I had to agree to do and you were was like, to continue to have someone come to me once a week and be like, are you taking your meds? Right. Are you doing this? Are you going to therapy? And at that time, I was like, fuck that. I don't need it. Right. I don't need it. I'm healed. <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not broken. I don't need you checking up on me. Like, right. I don't drink. I'm a good kid. I could do it all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and We've so, all been there. So I was like, pass. <laughs> I remember pass. I'm standing in it. Yeah, I'm standing in the courtroom, and the judge is like, young lady, the fact that you're making this decision shows that you're not ready. And like, my foster mom was crying, and I was like, oh, shit. Can I take it back? Like, is it too late? And he's like, yeah, bang the <gasps> bang the gavel, you know. You really did say oh, like, oh yeah, uh, I was like, uh, I didn't understand the ramifications of my, you know, right. And so yeah, I I went, I, I blew a scholarship and I bought a house and lost a house and fucked my credit and did you know did all the thing did all the things that everyone knew was going to happen right. and went crawling back to mom's house and she was like, welcome home. Yeah, when you were like twenty, come on 21. in, twenty years old. Yep. And so then I turned 21 and uh, was like, hey. Did you have a child with that guy? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. So I'm 21 and, um, you know, had like basically two boyfriends my whole life and was engaged to one of them. So mm -hmm. now I'm like a little choir geek, but like now I'm hot. Like I'm a hot 21-year-old, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I got a little lip ring. Right. I'm wearing, it's like the 2000s, so I oh, got yeah. like my oh, hip bones yeah. sticking out of my jeans, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, now I can drink. And so now I'm going to the bar. Now I'm a fuck. I'm going to get yeah, some dick. I'm going to figure it <laughs> out. I'm going to work it out. And so I'm going out and all these girls that used to make fun of me, now they, they've been partying. So they're, I'm like, wait a minute, girl, like. I'm cuter than you now. And then all the boys <laughs> that they wanted to chase were like, oh, hey, Monica, what's up? You know, uh -huh. and I'm like, yeah, I'm dating that guy now that threw the rager in high school that was on the front page, which is like not <laughs> something to be proud of. Right. But at the time, I'd walk into a bar and be like, and everyone's like, oh, you're with him? And I'm like, yep, sure that's am. right, Amy Johnson. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so like, and then my mom oh, was I like, feel everything dude, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I, was I like, do. I'm so cool. Conquer it. Yeah, watch me drink these vodka cranberries so fast. Like, yes. dude, it was a mess. And, and my mom was like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, I'm like, I'm going off the fucking rails. That's what I'm doing. She's like. Not in this house, motherfucker. No, you're not. Yeah. She sent me to, like, outpatient, like, alcohol She's like, your parents were addicts. You're yeah, acting like an careful. idiot. Yeah. Like, so I had to go, like, my little goody two-shoes self. I'm sitting in a room full of, like, crackheads and heroin addicts. <laughs> like, well, my behavior stems from my childhood trauma. <laughs> I realize I'm going down a dark path what else am i supposed to fucking say give me my certificate so i can go to the bar right like it was I a mess a, i need a kamikaze Let's yeah i definitely moving. went but like i am glad she did that yes right? because i did go from like zero to a hundred mm -hmm. i did 
And so later, later on when I started the band and it's like everyone's buying you drinks right. and you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing. I'm, I I did think back to that and I was like, oh, shit, mom said this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to know what's next. Maybe I should chill the fuck out. Right. So I am glad that she did that. But good reality. Yeah. That little check. So what what was your parents poisons? Uh, my mom was a coke addict. And she really liked creepy bikers. Mm. So she was in a biker gang and she slept her way to the top. Wow. Um, And then as time went on, like after I left, she found a boyfriend that was cooking up meth. And uh, my little brother lived with her. So they had a a little shop. And she finally got popped. She was running drugs. And what they were doing is they were using babies. What? So they would, so, you know, they, they'd be driving and they'd have babies and they'd, they'd line the car seats oh. with drugs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it's fucking federal because they were, you know, whatever they were doing and right. she, she got popped and she went to federal prison. How old wow. were you? Um, I was out of the house by then. So, I mean, I was probably in high school when okay. she, when she wound up going to prison. She was in for a long time. And then uh, how long she get? That's fed time. Yeah, it was a long time. I bet probably ten years. Wow. Um, and then maybe longer than that, but probably about ten years. And then my little brother, he was in and out, you know. Um, and he like that's in. I got a song about him on my album. He wound up uh, in Anamosa. Good guy. Yeah. Never hurt anybody. Fucking heart of gold. He just. Could, he never got out. Grew up in a shit environment. Yeah, he never got I mean, out. And then I am when he got very, very, very familiar with yeah. Animosa. And then when yeah, so then when we when he got <clears throat> caught, he ran. Okay. You know, which adds a shit ton of time. Like it was just bad. So, um, yeah, my mom was in prison. My brother was in prison. Uh, my dad's whole side of the they're in and out of jail, you know, domestic assault, all this kind of shit. Yeah. So my dad wasn't like a drug addict. He smoked a lot of weed, mm-hmm. uh, but he was a violent drunk, mm. you know. Um, so it's, uh, I was uh, the product of a very pretty, you know, 15-year-old uh, California cokehead and a fucking generationally abused um, backwoods country boy. Yeah. Like that's... That's what I come from. Perfect storm. And look at you. Right. I'm doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, When you were taken from the home, Mm -hmm. was your little sister as well? No. So her, yeah. So her biological mom was there. So we have the same dad, but different moms. Okay. I only have one sibling with the same two parents. Okay. And that's the one that wound up in Anamosa. Mm -hmm. Um, So when they, investigated the situation. It's just a whole process. Right. Um, And what their finding was essentially was that most of the abuse was coming from what we'll call my stepmom. Like they were never married, but like most of the abuse was coming from there. Um, And and do you agree with that or is that just what they said? No, that's factual. Okay. Um, But a lot of it was... Her, her headspace of me being a product of my mother. Mm. So it was a lot of projected, like, 
you look like her. You're going right. to be like her. So I'm yeah. going to treat you like this. So you don't turn out that way. Like that right. was a, like I wasn't allowed to be in the same room as my dad because he might look at me and think like, wow, about my mom. Like it was fucked. But my little sister wasn't treated that way. Okay. Because that was her daughter. Mm-hmm. So when I left, she was only five. Okay. And like, unfortunately, you know, as the years went on, I do know that. I mean, she was abused as well. The torch was passed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wasn't around. I right, like I wasn't the shield anymore. Yeah. Um, and she had her own journey with that, and she actually does have a good relationship with them now. So like, everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own way of healing. Everyone has their own tolerance. Right. Um, Dad you know. and stepmom are still together. Yeah, they're still at it. Okay. You know, do you talk to? No, um, I tried to have a healthier relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's been in and out of my life. When I had my first son, he was at the hospital. You know, um, he's got a good heart. He just didn't really have the skills to be a dad. Right. That's what I'm gonna say about it. Like, yeah. I'll never forgive my biological mom for shit. She's a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that she did to me were unforgivable. I really believe that my dad, because of the generational trauma on his side of the family, mm-hmm. he gave me better than what he got. Right. And I understand that. Yeah. That being said, and me trying to have a relationship with him, I'd go to Thanksgiving and I'd bring my kids and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd go home and I'd have fucking nightmares for a week. Oh, wow. Like it was too much. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is because of her. Yeah. Like I just couldn't make myself do it and so we don't like he'll call me every once in a while hey happy birthday you know whatever but like I can't I had to say this is not something I can do right um you know and my oldest son very much understands the situation and so to have to explain like you can't have a relationship with grandma and grandpa you can't be with them by yourself because I don't know if they're going to get in an altercation I don't know what they're going to say I don't know, like, I don't want to pass that on to them. Right. And so I've just told them very honestly, I will not allow people that might hurt you or m- emotionally or otherwise be in your life. Right. So we don't go around them. Right. That's good f- it. Good for you for breaking yeah. the cycle. I just can't. Yeah. I yeah. can't yeah. do that to my kids. You know? Are you close with your brother or sister? So I have uh, eight sisters. Oh, wow. um, And about as many brothers. Wow. um, Between, you know, biological, half biological, foster, you know, in-law, like whatever. I just have a shit ton of siblings. Yeah. Um, There are a few of them that I'm very, very close with. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are some that I've never talked to. Yeah. Just because life, Mm -hmm. you know. Life gets lifey. Life gets lifey. So Mm -hmm. there's some that are just my absolute lifelines if anything's going on like that's who's there they were almost all in my wedding like wow (laughs) you know that so it was it was that was kind of a cool thing to have all these different parts of my family in in one place at one time Mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm the big sister so if it's we might not talk for a long time but if shit's going bad or shit's going great I'm the call right you know so I I like like I'm cool with that. You like yeah. that? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. You probably, because it seems like, I mean, a lot of times when people go through so much trauma there, I mean, you've been through it, I've been through mm-hmm. it. Um, you are just 
the mature one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how to handle shit. And so it is kind of comforting, like, oh, like they respect me enough yep. to know that I know what I'm talking about or I'll give good advice. Well, it's or- hard too because as I've, I hate saying it this way, but like I got out of the life. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you're not surrounded by the same type of people, which is a good thing. Right. But also it can, for me, I have total imposter syndrome. Mm. Like, all the time. And so I'll be in a situation where I'm at an award show or at a benefit mm-hmm. or at a fucking golf outing. or And I just feel like, fuck. Like, I know I'm invited here. I know these people accept me, but they accept, like, Monica Austin or, like, Cody Austin's wife or, mm-hmm. like, whatever the deal is. Mm-hmm. So when I'm really feeling like, man, like, I had a nightmare about something or my kid said something and it reminded me of something and I don't have anyone in my current circle to talk to, mm-hmm. I'm going to call one of my little sisters yeah. or I'm going to call, you know what I mean? That like knows you, that like went through the shit with you. Right. So those are relationships that, I mean, you, I don't they know what I would do without them. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. relationships are, are vital. That's, They're key. That's part of the reason we do the show is some people don't have those lifelines. Right. Like they don't have anybody to talk about the gross stuff with right mm-hmm. yeah and i feel you on the imposter syndrome i was oh 100 percent. yeah thinking I, about I, you I'm actually <laughs> uh, i have to do uh i'm was invited to speak at the gazette her series yes we were talking tonight. about this on the phone yeah so this will be and this will only be my second go at mm-hmm. formally publicly speaking um but yeah i mean it 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 always, like, it's almost like a core memory now how I felt when I walked into that first conference ever. Like, you are not good enough. What the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like, they're all going to know. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to know. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. That she doesn't whatever, belong here. That, like, whatever, that TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. And that's, like, how you, you get ready for one of those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like what you have to tell yourself. Like, right. nobody's going to know. And then mm-hmm. I got to a point where, where I'm, I'm in my career where I was like, fuck it, everybody's going to know. Right. Then right. that's I'm where I'm at. That's like, where like, I write a go. song about yeah, it. That's Bring it on. Doing the show. <laughs> Guess <laughs> what? I don't fucking care. And then the following year, I went back to that same conference <laughs> yeah. as a speaker mm-hmm. and kicked the fucking door open. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, I wish I would have been there. You're going to get a little taste. Because then I, w- I would have been enamored with you and your speech. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're just good fucking speakers. <laughs> right. But yeah, this is only my second go at it. So, woof. <laughs> God bless me. You got to tell me when it is. I want to go to that thing. It's tomorrow night. It's tomorrow it's night? tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. I'm going not to be a Debbie Donner. I have a <laughs> visitation tomorrow. Oh. My, okay. my homie Petey, uh, he was the Huskers fan. Oh. And uh, he passed away a few weeks ago. So She walked in. I'm like, you a Huskers fan? Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, sorry to hear that. Damn. Shit happens. Yeah. So, okay. So you... You, you didn't marry the guy with the house. You didn't marry, yeah. You got the house. You lost the house. You went, you went back, back home. home. Yeah, I went back home. Okay, so let's take it back. You get belligerently drunk <laughs> and have lots of hoe sex in your <laughs> early 20s. <clears throat> and you go back home to mama and mama yep. puts your ass in outpatient. Yes. And where's your life go now? So then um, I'm... You know, and that's the thing too, like, and I know my patterns now. I'm like totally a serial monogamous. So it's like 
Be in a really toxic relationship for a long time. Take a break. Be a hoe. Be in a long relationship for a long time. Take a break. Be a hoe. Like that's kind of like just sprinkle you know, some hoe in there get it every out of your couple system years, and then just find someone, and then whoop, caught you know, caught feelings. Here we go. Here's yep. round five or whatever. And so I'm at, I'm living at home with my mom, and I'm my phone's blowing up, and all these boys are calling me, and uh, so then I started dating this dude. So, mm-hmm. but he's like a partier, yeah, you know. And so she's like, well, okay, Miss Big Brain, like, get a fucking job, you know, get a real girl job, like, whatever. So I start working for, like, Mid-American. Wow. And I'm, like, getting paid pretty good money, and I'm, you know, paying my mom a little rent, so I'm still feeling like an adult. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) so I got offered a job at this place called the River Music Experience working in a little coffee shop because the thing is I can make coffee. And then I could get up and sing a couple songs oh. with my little lip ring and my pink hair. And, <laughs> and I'm your like, bones out. I'm like, that sounds way better than doing data entry at mid <laughs> Way better. <laughs> and so my mom's like, the way, like, I had come home and I, like, put a bunch of pink highlights in my hair. She's like, what's the dress code at Mid-American? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, actually, I'm not going to work there anymore, Mom. I'm going to work at this coffee shop and I'm going to focus on my music. You know, she's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, so short story, I wound up not being able to like fucking pay rent to my mom anymore because I'm working at this coffee shop and getting drunk with this dude on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, I've had enough of your shit. Like, I've had enough of your shit. Tough love time. And so at that time, the guy I was dating, uh, he decided that his life was off the fucking rails, which it was. So he was going to go into the Marine Corps to, like, clean his shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the same time he was going to boot camp, my mom put all my shit, like, out on the deck. Like, get the fuck out. Wow. You're being stupid. I'm not supporting it. Right. Yeah. So I moved in with his family while he was in boot camp. And so, oh, it's a new family again, mm-hmm. right? New mom, new dad, new right. little sister. Like Feels familiar. Which just, for me, was like, okay, we're switching families again, mm-hmm. yep. which started a whole toxic fucking seven-year thing, you you're know? With- and I still talk to his mom and his sister. Like, oh, nice. we're still tight, but... So you were um, with Marine guy for yep, seven years. So, I'm, so I was with him, and that was a very, like, <sighs> learning curve. You know, mm-hmm. my relationships up until then had obviously been based on, like, not knowing what a good relationship looked like. And this wasn't any different. Mm-hmm. You know, very passionately in love with this person. Not a good situation. So it was six months on, a couple months off. You know, he moved to North Carolina. I followed him to North Carolina. Caught a, got a couple girl roommates. Like, mm-hmm. we're coming back home. We're going... Like, it was... Off again, on again, like emotional roller coaster, just bullshit. And during that whole time, I was not focusing on anything in my life. I wasn't doing music. I wasn't making friends. I wasn't working on a career. I was just fucking following this dude around. Yeah, surviving. Yeah. And so then um, when my son was four, there was an incident that happened in front of my son that was enough of a wake-up call for me that I was like, oh, no. Like that. Oh no! Not gonna perpetuate this, is this not, cycle. Yeah. yeah. So you had your first boy with Marine. Yes. Okay. And so that I put my shit in a car and I went to other mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I still wasn't talking to foster mom at this point. Um, but another mom that had been in my life, I'd known her since I was five, and she initially was 
cokehead mom's like best friend. So a lot of the time when I didn't know where mom or dad were, this is who I was staying with. Okay. She had come back into my life when I had my first son. And so at this time, the person that I had to throw my shit in the car and go to in the middle of the night was that mom. And so once again, we're just switching out moms, you know, and I have two sisters like with that part of the family. And so for like the next three years, it was just rebuilding. Right. Okay. So like we're living with mom for a little bit. Okay. Now we got a little apartment in a shitty part of town. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we got a, you know, duplex in a better part of town. Okay. Now we got a house, Mm -hmm. you know, now, you know, whatever. And we, I just worked and worked and worked, you know, I sold furniture. I, I fucking sold cars. I sold insurance. Like, when you don't have a college degree and you're a young, cute girl with a personality, the quickest way to be able to support yourself is to fucking sell shit. Mm -hmm. And I hated sales. Yeah. But I was good at it. Yeah. So, like, that's what I did. And also, when you work on commission and your kid's sick for a day, Mm -hmm. like, that's fine. Yeah. So that's what worked for us. Um, And then, so now, uh... My son's five or six, Mm -hmm. um, and I got the opportunity to go work at a radio station in Muscatine. That's sweet. Which was, like, the gig. So when I Mm -hmm. went to school, I was in theater. Yep. And so for me, I'm like, oh, great. Like, music, theater, radio. Like, Mm -hmm. I had just started the band, um, which is how I hooked up with the radio person. It was like, this drummer knew that drummer, and he ran a radio station, and... So I went and uh, started working in radio. What were and, you doing for him? Um, so when I started working there, it was a lot of voiceover work and production. And it became clear. He was like, oh, well, you have sales skills. You have marketing skills. So mm-hmm. I was on what would have been like a general manager training track. So I learned how to do traffic in the system, So which radio speak means how to program what's playing, how to put commercials in. So I knew how to write and produce and voiceover and mix down a commercial, where to put it in the lineup, um, how to schedule the commercials that were paid for, how to go out and find a client and sell them commercial radio spots. Mm-hmm. Nice. If we did a live remote, you know, if we're doing a toy drive, I'm out there live talking to people. Like, it was a sweet gig. Yeah. It was awesome. That sounds like something you'd be amazing at. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I did that, and when I was doing that, I was also playing in the band and... Had my own little house and was supporting myself. And, um, you know, I was kind of missing my group of friends from back home. But, Mm -hmm. like, I was making it work. And then I met my husband. And he had a giant, fantastic, wonderful, boisterous (laughs) family. Family. That's how I'll answer that question. Family. Um, And I fell in love with his family. And, um, you know, some of the stuff uh, that we glossed over, so it might not make a total lot of sense when I say this, but um, after I had my first son, um, within the years after that, I was told that I would never have any other children, okay? So now he's seven, and I'm single, and in my mind, I'm like, it's going to be me and this kid forever. That's what it's going to be. Because right. no man's going to tell me, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this dude comes into my life and um, didn't meet my kid for quite a while, and I was very like, this is just happy fun time. 
okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you can be regular happy fun time, but, like, yeah. you're not meeting my kid. You're yep. not coming to my house. Yep. Like, the whole thing. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and so my son and I were on a mommy Sunday, and this dude was there. And he comes over to the table, and I'm like, mm, I'm giving him the eyes, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm here with my kid, you know? Right. And they went, they're talking and whatever. Um, and towards the, it was very cute. It was like a meet cute in a movie. It was mm-hmm. adorable. <laughs> and my son's like, but you like my mom? But are you married? Do you have a girlfriend? Have you been married? <laughs> Do you have kids? Would you cheat on your wife and, like, leave her oh. for a 19-year-old? Oh so God. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, very but in that moment, example. I was like, oh, dude, you knew what happened? Like, you know, like, what the hell? How did you know? And how did you know? And so towards the They're end, he's like, know. well, if you really want to ask my mom on a date, like, you can, but you have to take her to a place with a white tablecloth and a candle. Oh and gosh. she has to say, it's okay, it's not up to me. You know, and I'm like, look at my little feminist. I <laughs> love this kid. And so then we st- then we started seriously dating. Mm-hmm. And we've been dating uh, a few months, mm-hmm. you know, and I got pregnant. Were you shocked as I shit? I was very shocked. Yeah. And I called mom and she was like, are you going to tell him? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell. She's like, well, do you even like him? Like, what are you even doing? You know what? Because I was so staunchly against like being in a relationship, right. you know. And Had so, she met him? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and she mom was like, fan. are you sure? Oh, shit. So it was kind of one of those, like, well, not your type, not what you were thinking, you know, whatever. What was your gut feeling when you got that positive test? Because I feel like when you take that test, yeah, it answers a lot of unresolved questions in your mind. So my approach at the time was I'm going to tell him. And, like, I didn't even think I could have kids. Mm -hmm. So whatever he says, I'm about to have this baby. Okay. Uh, But if he doesn't want to be involved, then fine. Then goodbye. Yeah. No no big deal? Yep. Okay. That was my, I'm like, I already have one. Like, let's go. Yeah. And he was very, like, yeah, cool. Like, I wasn't planning on going anywhere. Like, I'm... Still not going anywhere. Like, it was a very, like, weirdly objective, like, right. non-emotional yeah. conversation, which we joked about for years afterward. It's like, are you still are you still making food? Or, like, are we <laughs> next, next, right. you know? Yeah. Cool. You're pregnant. Part of, yeah. And I think he was like, well, I kind of figured I saw a test in the trash. Like, mm-hmm. I figured he'd just tell me at some point. I'm like, okay. And you like, said you had only been seeing each other for a few months. Yeah. Oh, yep. God. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So that and that's why my mom was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. is that what you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know? It's whatever. Things moved forward. Yep. I became very close with his family. We got married. And then uh Did you get married because of the child? I wouldn't say think? that. I will tell you I'm currently in the middle of a divorce. Okay. So whatever. We were married for six years. Right. Um and shortly after the wedding, I was like, you know, I had two kids on accident. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the, there's a huge age gap. I'd like to see what it's like to have one on purpose. Right. And also, by the time my oldest leaves home, this one's going to be an only child. Right. So, like, let's have a buddy. Yeah. Right. And he's like, nah, probably not. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're 
we're having another one. So yeah. then I was like, hey, we're having another one. He's like, okay, great. He was like kind of excited about it. Right. And then uh, that one like tried to kill me. So like all my babies were C-sections, but mm-hmm. that one was like, he might die, I might die, like oh, Iowa City, like the whole. Yeah. So I was like, cut my tubes out, cut them out, <laughs> cut them out. We're not. I take it back. Don't I even. I take it back. Yeah. Don't even like clamp them with the thing. Like cut it out. Like not. I'm done. Yeah. And so I got my three boys, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful, wonderful, amazing people with very different personalities. How old are they um, all? They are 16. Okay. And seven and five. All right. Yes. Fun ages. Yes. They are, ooh, they are fun. (laughs) Yeah, there's something. I love them to, love them to death. (laughs) Love them to death. Awesome. Are you, you're currently going through a divorce? Currently, yeah. Right now. Oh, damn. Right now. Which nobody told me. (laughs) Oh, shit. Sorry. Nobody told me how, how long divorces take. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm in this weird, like we announced publicly, like it was something that, you know, I knew was coming for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he woke up and realized was coming for quite a time. Mm-hmm. Like there was definitely a gap in yeah. realizations of how serious things were. Right. Um, but we announced publicly, um, in May like okay. hey oh, small town we fresh. oh yeah like hey small town that we live in where we're basically like the celebrity couple right, right? Did you yeah. put up a billboard to uh, let everybody we, know well we it, it, close i mean so i had a big like grand opening show uh at a local bar where i was bringing in another band from like out of town and mm-hmm. there's this this venue that's a tour sponsor and so we're gonna have this double bill and like Bushlight was sponsoring it and so everyone in town was gonna be there. Right. And we announced on like a, a Monday, like on social media that we were getting divorced. Uh so we talked about it, like what are we gonna do when I'm playing the show without a ring on and all the rumors start flying. So we talked about it and so I did a on-camera, like, live stream radio interview from mm-hmm. my studio. And when I got out, my phone had, like, 500 notifications. Yeah. Because it had been posted while I'm, like, eh, hi, yeah, I'm Monica Austin. And this right. is, you know. And so that's just kind of a really great example of what being a mom, being a real person and being in this industry is like, like I got off that interview and the, I just love your energy. You're just, you just <laughs> are so positive. And I'm like, this is one of the worst days of my fucking life. Yeah. Like, glad I did my job. Yeah. Um, and then that Friday, I had to get up on stage in front of the entire town and have 17 people. Well, but what happened? And like, right. try to get me to talk shit about him. Oh, yeah. Or like, well, was it this? Or half the town thinks, well, you started going on tour. So half of them, think there was cheating right. or there was right because oh in order Mind to get divorced your biscuits right yeah, in order to get divorced you've it, there's got to be cheating or right. somebody has to put their hands on somebody right. or there's yeah. got to be and it's not that it yeah. doesn't and, always have to be ugly yeah. right so it's like it just didn't work and like i'm going through shit so yeah. can you shut up yeah right. like, can you not ask me like i literally had this girl who's like well, my divorce, da 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 da, and it must be similar to yours because he, so he ran a bar. So we're a musician 
and someone who runs a fucking popular bar in town. So mm-hmm. we literally know everyone. Yeah. And so she started being like, you know, I, I'm sure it was this, and he probably did this. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm sorry, do I know your name? Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. I don't even know your name. Right. Like, how dare you? Don't project your shit How, how big of a town? How many people? Um... 25,000, 30,000. Okay. okay. So yeah. not very big. Yeah, not very big. And um, so to my left, like his like stepsister is standing there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm not going to talk shit about the father of my children. Right. Yeah. Good and I don't you. know if this is your friend, but please don't let her do it either. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm not here for it. Right. Are you guys pretty civil? So far, I mean, I would say part. we're getting through it the the like the best that we yeah. can. Mm-hmm. We're both trying. Like it's people don't. I think mentally, I knew it was going to happen in terms of like that's not my town, that's mm-hmm. not where I'm from, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'm very like my best friend in the whole world. My sister is his sister. My mom was his mom, right? Because right. that's the pattern, right? Like right. this is my new family. So I think. It took us a long time to come to that decision for a lot of different reasons. On my part, I held on for as long as I could because I didn't want to lose my family. Right. Do you feel like you're losing your family? Oh, 100%. Really? Yeah. So, like, have there, are there like sides that have been taken, or is it more of a It's not so much that, that you kind of have to cut to the me, cord? So, for example, if I'm having a really bad debt like it's grieving like you're yeah. grieving yes whether it's whether it worked out or mm-hmm. not like yep. the life that you planned is no more yes and it feels like I mean that just died. I'm grieving yes. for the fact that my sister is sad and my mom is sad and my poor little niece who's my biggest fan is sad and yeah. my kids are sad and I'm feeling like well, if I just kind of kept going, no one would be sad. Right. So, like, you carry all that but guilt. But you would have been sad. Yeah. Yeah. And so, at the end of the day, like, for me to call her and unload, mm-hmm. she's going to have to listen to me, and then she's also going to have to be there for her brother, right. who the woman that he loved and built a life with and had children with left him. Yeah. Like, I I can't put her in that position. Yeah. And so that's been the hard, the hardest, I think, part mm-hmm. of it. Is yeah. number one being in a small town where everyone knows everything and being like, I will not talk shit. And if that means that you have to think that I'm the bad guy and make up a story, fucking make it up. I right. don't care. Yeah. But also, like the night of the award show, mm-hmm. I didn't have a plus one. Yeah. I would have been your plus one. And yeah. And <laughs> and his sister came with me. Oh, she's been heavily involved in my music career. Yeah, she's the one that's slinging merch. She's the one that's making sure I remember what time load in it. Like, she's been so heavily involved, and I give her so much credit for how far I've come in the last couple years because she's been my absolute backbone. Yeah, but knowing that in order for her, like, she called him and was like, "Are you gonna feel weird if I go with Monica?" Yeah, you know, and he's like, "No, dude, like." I get it. He's go. cool with it. Good. And so we're we're trying Good. to figure it out. Yeah. Like we're we're trying to figure it out the best that we can. Yeah. There's always going to be collateral damage. There's 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 going to be hurt feelings. There's yeah. you know all that stuff to work out. Yeah. But it, we're 
doing the best that we can. Right. And everybody's situation is different. I mean, you do see people. I actually, I know a couple who um, they, I know the girl from high school, but I work at a medical clinic Mm -hmm. and their um, children come to us. So um, they are divorced. They come to every appointment together. They, you know, work out, (laughs) hey, I got this percentage, you got that percentage. They um, hang out for holidays like it's one big gathering with his new wife and her new husband. So, And like that's goals. It doesn't. That's goals. Absolutely. I don't know if we'll get there. Right. But like that's 100% goals. And like my stage name is not a stage name. That's my fucking name. Yeah. And it's my married name. Yeah. I will forever be Monica Austin. Right. Like, there are just things, like, you, there's just some things that and your can't kids be unraveled. Are part of yes. Him. Yes. Yes. It's- so, like, we have to find a way. Right. And so, like, the biggest thing now that I'm learning is the difference because we're such public people. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between a woman and a man in a divorce as far as the public eye is concerned. Okay. So, like, for me, first of all, I work every weekend. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have no social life. Yeah. Like, the people I know are in music or my family. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Like, people don't come to my house. Like, I don't have, like, that's not a thing. And so when he's working during the week, I have the kids. And when I'm in fucking Wisconsin for three days, he has the kids. So he basically has them all weekend, every weekend, and I have them during the week. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he can drop the kids off, you know, on Sunday and go sit at the bar and have drinks with friends and, like, have them be like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, talk about it, not talk about it, like, whatever. And that's totally normal. You know, there could be a girl, and people be like, oh, hey, good for you, like, whatever. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is if I was like, hey, it's a Thursday night, my 16-year-old's going to sit at home with the kids, and I'm going to go out to the bar and have a couple drinks, Mm -hmm. that's not how it's going to go. Because every friend I made in that town... I made through him, and any person that sees me do anything is immediately going to be like, "What do you, you know?" They're going right. to. Did you see him. Monica at the yeah, bar on she, Thursday? Like it's already been mm-hmm. like in the last all of these months. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a couple of times when I've like talked to a dude like after a show or whatever, and it, he immediately knows. Yeah, immediately. Does he shut it down though? Because um, I would think he I think, would be I, like, you know what? I don't want to hear that. Like. like I think the thing is, I'm going to revert back to we're doing the best that we can. Right. Like, I'm going right. to revert you back are to that. Humans it's going to upset all. you right. when you're here. Yes. Yeah. And so I think the other thing is, especially with, like, my background and upbringing, I would never, because of the, the things I grew up with, mm-hmm. let's say I'm playing a, a show in town on a Friday and I get done at 10. And I meet some hot Iowa farm boy, mm-hmm. and my kids aren't home, and I don't have any. Resp- I'm not going to bring that dude to my house, right? You know what I'm saying? Like as yeah. women, like that you can't. You're not going to know where I live. You're not right. going to know. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's different. Where if like 
and this is not saying anything about what is or isn't even happening in my real life, just like the concept of what I'm going through as a human in this situation. Right. He could have people over to his house with a bunch of friends and have a girl that he's into, like, come over and be eating chicken wings with my kid, and that wouldn't be weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be upset about it, and no one would think anything different. But because I'm a woman in this situation and my children live in my home and I have the background that I have, I just don't have quite the same social freedoms. Right. And so sometimes that that, that gets to me. Yeah. Right? Like, it's almost like you, you still have your family to lean on and I can't lean on them anymore. Right. And you can get support from all of this social circle, and I can't even talk to those people or be in the same room. Right. I am alone, mm. and I chose it. Yeah. Like, it's a hard thing to sit with. Yeah. Something I always um, say about my own divorce, and I've been divorced for six years, seven years, um, is the grieving. It's yeah. It's still crazy to me, and I still grieve. And it's like... It's crazy to want something to work out and then be so over it that you want it to end and then be sad that it ended yeah. and, and sad that it didn't work out. And it's just like... It's insane. And it... it that I still go through those waves. So I completely know well, what you're talking about. And then on top of it, I do have a very public job. And right. the way I conduct myself is going to be the way that someone acts at a show. So like, I can't... What do you do? What am I going to online date? <laughs> Someone's going to screenshot shot some shit. Now it's on Facebook and now I have, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, oh my God, some guy shows up to a show. How about two guys show up to a show? Mm-hmm. Hey, I talked to this guy three weeks ago and then I talked to this guy and they both show up to the same show. Right. And I'm on stage trying to be like, somebody, get, you know, <laughs> like, it's just. We're like, going with the guy in the green shirt tonight. Yeah, Remove like, guy in the blue tell, shirt. Yes. <laughs> Bring, oh bring gosh. green shirt guy backstage. It's only one oh, backdoor no. pass tonight. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what do you, so, so then that's the other thing is like, you know, this divorce has been happening for months. I'm on the road. I'm mm-hmm. busy. I have three kids. I only have, have so much time and energy, but also like, I'm a fucking human being. Right. So like, it's, you, like, I was a very loyal spouse. Yeah. Like, For the record, there was no cheating. He didn't cheat on me either. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But you program yourself, right? So, like, I'm at a show. Dudes didn't hit on me. But a lot of that was because of the way I conducted myself. Right. I was very, like, and you know, like, if you're married, like, there's a way you conduct yourself. There's a body language. There's a way you speak to people. Mm -hmm. There's a way that if someone's being flirty, you, you know, fucking flash your ring or whatever you do. Yeah. And it, even though we're living separately, even though this is at some point this thing's going to be legally final mm-hmm. it's not but it will be even though i know that in my head it's still like oh, yeah i feel yeah, that yeah that'll take a little that bit takes you know a little, I mean? it takes like. a little while i mean I, even just the first date that i went on which was with benny the guy i'm with now okay i even had that where like i fe- like i felt like i was you, doing yeah, something wrong you feel like you're doing something like, wrong if somebody sees me from like his side of the fence what are they going to think mm-hmm. or like it just even just being programmed you know just beat down and yep. programmed that felt like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. Like, ooh, it doesn't, ooh, I'm so I'm like kiss I, him? Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I, was, I was very like, okay, like there's so much going on. Uh, you know, I'm not 
obviously I didn't come out of this like I'm gonna go look for something. Right. You know, go like, back that's into your not, whole phase. Right. I'm like, <laughs> let's, I'm, not, let's, let's not let's keep not keep the pattern going, no, Monica. Well, Monica now, grew up. Well, and now I have three kids at home. Yeah, so right. like it's for that's sure. a very different yeah. thing. Right. You know, and when I am out with the band, I have three brothers that are like you know, watching me. Like, so it's just not a thing. Like, yeah. that's just not going to be a thing. Yeah. And so I was at a show and and I was talking to these these girls afterwards and um, we have a great conversation. And mm-hmm. again, I'm in this situation. I do feel alone. I do feel like I'm not connecting with people. So I was having this great conversation and we started talking about the fact that I was getting divorced and the fact that all my friends were now, let me hook you up, you know, the best way to get over somebody, you know, that whole thing. And I was joking about it, and there was this dude, Iowa farm boy looking dude, and he's sitting there, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what town were you in when such and such happened, and, you know, whatever, and I'm like, who are you, you know, and I was just, very, and he's like, I'm this person, and I was like, what's your story, and he was like, this is my story, and I'm like, well, here's my story, and he's like, I'd like to take you out to dinner, like, it was just <laughs> That's very, adorable. like, and I was like, <laughs> all right, maybe, yeah, like, that, just, like, that natural like in-person face-to-face interaction where I'm like you're cool I'm cool like you just heard me spill all my shit accidentally Mm -hmm. and you're interested like not like hey can we go home right now and hook up like hey I like I would like to take you to dinner yeah and so I thought about it like and I gave him my number and we texted and I thought about it and thought about it and I was like you know what like all right like I'll go to dinner with you and I remember I'm sitting there um, and we're talking, the conversation's great. And I remember like he ordered food and in my mind, I was like, my husband never would have ordered that. Uh-huh. But like in a, in my mind, that was a good thing. I'm like, oh, you eat the same kind of food that I eat. Uh-huh. The conversation's great. And then we walked outside and like the races were going and I'm a little redneck. Like that's how mm-hmm. I grew up. And I was looking over, he's like, oh, like, are you into the races? And I was like, well, it sounds like it's just hot laps right now. I don't think they've started. He's like, you know the difference between hot laps and races? And I was like, yeah. And, he's you know, like, I'm and he's in like, love. He's like, oh, I do tractor pulls. You know what I mean? Oh, like all this stuff. Shit. He's like, do you want to go to the races? I was like, yeah. So we sat on the, at, you know, and got dirt flung in our faces mm-hmm. and we're drinking domestic beer. And he's like, you're cool. And I'm like, yeah, you're cool too, you know. <laughs> and so I'm talking to him for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. Is it, you know? And uh, so I went on a second date with him. I'm out of town. He's texting me. You know, there's obviously communication between, you know, me and my ex, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And this guy's texting me and, like, he's divorced and he has a little girl. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any little girls. Yeah. Not that I was like, oh, I'm loved up. But in my mind, I'm thinking I'm getting divorced. I have three kids. I have a very public job. I'm 39 years old. Mm -hmm. No one's going to like me. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, this dude likes me, and he's really cool, and he's hardworking, and we have the same values, and, like, Mm -hmm. he's very sweet and attentive, and he's texting me, like, good morning, darling. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cute. (laughs) But the more that I talk to him, I'm like, but this dude is looking for a wife. Like, this dude is respectful. Mm -hmm. He's clear about what he's looking for. Not that he was like, I'm trying to find a wife. Right. I'm, you know— I'm like, why aren't you dating? He's like, I'm not wasting my time. Right. Like, I've had a marriage fail. I am a father. Mm-hmm. I do work multiple jobs. Like, if I'm going to spend time with someone, it's going to be, you know, for something. Intentional. Yeah. And I feel that same way about my time, but I knew that with everything going on, I was like, I am not emotionally, like, 
in a space to explore this. Mm-hmm. And it's disrespectful if I'm like, well, I'm just really lonely and like fucked up in my head right now and you're a fun time. Right. Knowing that you're looking for something serious. And mm-hmm. so I had a conversation with him and I was like, hey, like, I, like I'm not, I'm not even like divorced yet. Like yeah. this all just kind of fell in my lap. Like I don't want to disrespect you. So like we're going to need to chill. And he was like, cool. Like, thank you so much. Good for you. Wow. And Look at that like, growth, Monica. Yeah, like, good for him, too. Right. Though. He, That's he was amazing. like, I totally understand. He's like, you know, if you get to a point when, yeah. you, when you feel like you're ready, you know, for because he could have easily been like, well, we can still hook up. Like, right. Whatever. Or he could have been like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Or like you wasted my last yes. couple weeks or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he wasn't. He was very cool about it. He's like, I understand where you're coming from. Like you know, whatever. And like every couple weeks or so, like, you know, maybe I'll post something online or something new and mm-hmm. and they'll just shoot me a text like, hey, how you doing? Like not invasive, yeah. not pushy, but just kind of like, Checking hey, in. I'm still here, Yeah, you know? And so the whole thing, like music, booking, traveling, three kids, all three different ages, going mm-hmm. through a divorce, managing a household. I got a new puppy in the middle of all oh, of that. Oh, girl. Like, <laughs> But it's just, and, you know, people will be like, well, how do you do all of it? And I'm like, I don't. Like, I don't. Like, the social part is what I've given up. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Right. So at some point when I'm done painting all the rooms in my house Mm -hmm. and I'm my mind is right, like, I want to be able to say, like, hey, like, let's have a dinner party. Hey, let's fucking play board game. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I want people in my house. Yeah. But I need to heal from everything that's going on in a way that I can still perform and take care of my kids and not lose my mind. Sure. And then start adding people back in. Yeah. And it's just going to feel kind of lonely and weird. Yeah. Until that can happen. Yeah. It does feel lonely and weird. But once it happens, it feels really great. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So you ultimately made the decision to just kind of do you right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I just don't have the... Oh, I think that's a fantastic Emotional decision. capacity. And, like, I don't want someone to feel like they're, you know, we've all been, like, a rebound, and we, right. you know. So, I don't know. I mean, over the next year or so, there may be a, like, hey, happy fun time, you know. <laughs> but I can't. I'm just not in a space to to do that. Yeah. It's, it's a good place to be. It's great. Which that is you probably the difference it. between yeah. coming becoming single at thirty nine versus twenty seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, yo, sure. see, yeah, I became single at 26. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so and then very ended similar. up with my complete shit show. Mm-hmm. Um and then single again at 36, mm-hmm. 37. I was single at 36 as well. And took a couple years mm-hmm. and just did me. I just, I took a couple years and I I, I, get, I didn't want to fall back into old patterns. Right. I, mean, I have addiction, past addiction issues. I didn't want to lean on anything. I was like, yep. I'm not leaving the house. I'm not going to the bar. I'm not dating. I'm not, I'm just going to sit in my shit mm-hmm. for a little bit. Oh, it's rough. And I'll wave my white flag when I'm ready, girls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yep. yes. right now, I just need to... To stay away from everything. Yeah. So good for you for acknowledging it. Yeah. And and I know that all of us girls and guys struggle with that transition period mm-hmm. of, like you said, whether it was a terrible, horrible breakup, like something that I experienced or there was abuse or there wasn't and it just didn't work out. 
it's that transitional period. Oof, it's rough. Yeah. You'll get through it. Right. It's fucking rough. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And it's <laughs> rough. Speaking of sitting in your shit, circling back to your childhood, mm. have you sat in your shit? Have you dealt with your shit? Have you healed from your shit in order to move on? And be in a happy, healthy relationship. A hundred percent. Okay, I, good. I think, um, and I think that's a lot of how I came to be in the <laughs> current position that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my husband is not a bad dude. There was right. no abuse. There was no, like, big, huge, crazy right. calamity. I've had it. Type of stuff, right. Yeah. And so I think for me, like, I, I did and do and always will love him mm -hmm. and respect him for a lot of reasons. Right. You know, he's a father of my children. There's there's a lot of great things about him. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like in that marriage, I felt a lot of times like it wasn't what I always pictured, mm -hmm. but it was good enough. Okay. And a lot of that came from the shit that I had to accept as a kid. Right. Of, you know, this is what you get. Yeah. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yep. Right? Exactly. You don't whine about it. You just deal with it. Right. And I think I finally got to a place with myself in making the decision, for example, I don't go to my biological dads on Thanksgiving. Right. I I own that. I have found closure in it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not accepting that. Yeah. I'm, you know, not a cover band. I'm a solo artist, mm -hmm. and I'm a female, and I'm going to sing what I want. Yeah. I put closure to that. I'm not going to be something that I'm not for anybody else. Yeah. And I came to a point in my marriage, which was very a painful realization, mm -hmm. that is as much as I wanted things to be as perfect as they looked online, they didn't feel that way. Right. And so what I realized was I can either continue forever to just loyally carry out my vows and keep everything going the way it looks mm -hmm. and accept that I will never have that more, that everything yeah. that I ever dreamed of, or I can say this isn't enough right. and I don't accept this and I need to at some point love myself enough mm -hmm. to find my everything. I'm not willing to go the rest of my life without the everything. Right. When your everything doesn't even have to be in another person. Maybe you're just trying to find your fucking but I, everything but I mean right like, now, you know? I just mean like relationship-wise, yeah. I think finding myself in my career and finding my way as a mother and finding closure to childhood trauma. Right. It's like I shed enough of that and found enough of myself right. that I finally was able to say relationship-wise, I'm worth more. Right. I'm worth the things yeah. that I'm not getting. Mm -hmm. And that was a painful thing because there was no finger to point. Right. There was no, this terrible thing happened, so I have an excuse that everyone's going to accept. I just right. look like an asshole. It was I look easy like a to do with your parents asshole. because they did exactly. you dirty. Yeah, I had to leave my parents because they fucking beat me. Right. I had to leave, you know, whatever. So so in, I think that's something important. Like, I've talked to a lot of women 
who are going through the motions for the kids, for the family, for the house, for the whatever. And I lived in a whole town where everyone was like, well, you're the it couple. You mm-hmm. love each other so much. You're so adorable. You're so all these things. And so trying to reconcile that with, but I worked so hard to be the human that I am and I want to be loved for all of me and I don't feel loved and understood for all of me. Right. Is that worth blowing up my whole fucking family? Right. Is that selfish and horrible? No. And in the end, that's that's what happened. So I'm not going to explain that to fucking Joe Blow right. at, at a show in town. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't have to. You know, and, and that's why there's no, like, we're, trying to get through it and I'm yeah. trying to be respectful and I'm trying to like not talk trash and because then the next week, well what do you mean what exactly what were you missing was right. it well none of your business right at right. the end of the day it didn't work mm-hmm. and so finding that closure was great for me and healing not so good for my soon-to-be ex-husband mm. you know what I mean yeah because yeah. that's also hard to tell someone who I know loves me right what you provide is not enough. Yeah. That's a hard thing to say to someone. Right. That you but you care said about. he kind of already had that realization or he somewhat knew that it, things were coming to an I mean, we t- we'd talked about things for years. Okay. But I think it was, he knew how important our family unit was to me and he mm-hmm. knew that I loved him and he knew that I was loyal and he knew that our vows meant something to me. Yeah. So I think he thought I would never leave. Right. And in the end, that's what, that's what killed it is yeah. well and sometimes it's not that you know for anybody on the other side of the fence feeling that way it's not that you're not enough it's just it wasn't enough for me right right it's not it's not that you're not enough yeah. right it's a good I, way of putting it i have a a very very old old ex-boyfriend of mine that nothing really happened and we were in love and i still friends to this day mm-hmm. but never was that he wasn't enough it just was for you for me it just right. wasn't enough for me yeah um so i hope people on the other side of the fence know that like it's not that you're not enough right it it might be enough for somebody else and i can't i can say like with a bajillion percent truthful honesty like if i saw him on a date with someone like looking happy and looking like the little sparkle and like i would be happy for him that's awesome like Honestly, because this is someone I care about and I want them to be happy. Right. right. But like we were in the end just not truthfully the people to do that for each other. Right. So someone had to call it. So yeah. I'm an asshole. You're not. <laughs> you're not just, an asshole. Just saying. <laughs> I, you're, it's, it's brave. It's a brave thing to do to have to walk away. You know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. You know it. Yeah. Um. Regardless of the circumstances, to be able to finally just stand up and say, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm doing for myself. And it's not fucking selfish. And that's it. This Thank is what you. I'm doing. <laughs> Thank so, you for that. right. It, it's just, it's not fucking selfish. It's not. And we, ha- we carry around that guilt and we do. We stay for the kids. We stay for the house. We stay for the community, for the friends, for the family, for all the things. And, you feel like you just can't. I mean, I couldn't even call off my own wedding because I was so fucking worried about how it was going to affect everybody else. Because right. other people grieve it. Not, yeah. but not once did I feel the emotion for those people for myself. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? Yeah. 
Because we're not good enough. Because we weren't hugged enough when we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Right. Right? Mind your biscuits, life will be great. That's right. Casey Musgraves. Oh, love. Well, we are going to actually wrap up this episode and we are going to give you guys uh, a Monica Austin part two because we have a lot more to dive into. Can I just say... You don't have a duffel bag of shit. You don't have a briefcase of shit. <laughs> you got a semi truck full of shit. She yeah. just backed and, it up in the parking lot. Yep. But wow. Like, just think, just in this conversation, like the childhood trauma that you have worked through yourself. Have you been to like formal counseling? When I, so when you're in foster care, they make you okay. Go. So I was okay. in good regular counseling, group counseling, sex abuse therapy. Like okay. I did all of it. All the and things. And then I goodwill hunting myself the fuck out, <laughs> you know? So that's a whole thing. So I do, but I mean, that, the childhood trauma, the relationships, you know, you've come to this realization now. From stopping the cycle with your kids and not beating the shit out of them or being a drug addict. Like, you're just doing the tabby pew, 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 you know, and you're killing it. Thank you. I hope that you stop and you're proud of yourself because I just fucking met you and I'm proud as hell. Right. Thank you. We don't do enough. We hear hear so much of the tragedy and we don't hear of the motherfucking comebacks Mm -hmm. enough. And we are all three motherfucking comebacks. And it it does. It needs to be fucking celebrated more. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. I'm not going to cry. We're going to take the break now because Monica's about to cry. Stop it. We love you. Have a good night.